Welcome to today's episode of The Square. I'm on location in Los Angeles, and I'm here with the Davids. Davids, thank you for being here. So, David Kim, you're the senior architect with Los Angeles World Airport. That is correct. And David Hewer, you are on our aviation architectural staff. Correct. And our conversation is really going to be focused around uh, some of the technology, specifically the passenger experience technology that is going in at the midfield satellite concourse. But before we get there, um, I'm really curious because we've we've had the opportunity to meet a couple of different times, David Kim, and I want to hear something that you love to do that has nothing to do with architecture or design. That has nothing to do with architecture. Are you secretly like a drummer or a <laughs> softball player? Or <laughs> well, in my pr um, prior life, <laughs> um, no. Um, actually, right now I'm sort of an assistant coach. Really? Soccer coach for my son's soccer Awesome. Soccer not an easy job. No. <laughs> We're in like year two of my son doing soccer, and I definitely would not want that job. Same here. It's year two. But however, last week I tweaked my ankle oh, <laughs> trying no. to prove something. <laughs> so do you have to deal with like angry parents on the during the practices? Luckily not yet because okay, they're good. still young. So, <laughs> so um, David, how about you? Uh, besides hanging out with my kids and my wife, I like to work on my car or do plane spotting. What kind uh, of car? Just the Forerunner, fifteen hey, Forerunner. That's okay. Like to <laughs> tinkle with it now and then, and then uh, also plane spotting at LAX. So yeah. It's a recent hobby I picked up. I, by far, I saw this picture in Brent's office. One of my favorite that I've seen to date, and it was the one where it's uh, day and night yep. of Lawa, and you've got the planes taking off, and it's just this beautiful still frame. If you, Dave, we'll start with you. If sure. you weren't an architect, what what do you think you would do? Um, I think I would be still somewhere in the aviation field, either a pilot or in somewhere else in the industry. Have you ever thought about getting your license? Um, I have, but I, I, I have other priorities now. Fair enough, so. <laughs> especially with uh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> David, how about you? Well, uh, when I was looking at college majors, mm -hmm. I was either going with architecture or with law. <laughs> really? Luckily, I didn't uh, go through law. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and something that I found really interesting when I was doing a little bit of research is um, you're a captain in the Army. I was. You, were, you yes. were a captain in the Army. Yes. And even more impressive is that timeline overlapped with, like, you doing other full-time jobs. Yes, so I was in the National Guard Reserves in That's California. Awesome. And then in from 2005 to, actually, 2003 to 2010. I was in I was in the in guard and the army. Well, obviously, thank you for your service. Uh, was that what drew you? What what attracted you to that? Uh, I just wanted when during school at USC, I went to University of Southern California. Mm -hmm. I wanted something different. Um, yeah, the fraternity life is good too. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to try out something else. And actually, I was looking for my future. So I was like, yeah. if I stay in the military for my do my commitment for four years, I come out, be marketable. Yeah. And so I thought thought of it that way. So that's why I applied for the ROTC scholarship and got that and went that route. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about what was known as the Midfield Satellite Concourse at LAX, and it's now known as the Westgates at Tom Bradley. Um, 750,000 to a million square feet, depending on how you measure it. 15 gates, international and domestic. I, I was there yesterday wrapping up some filming. It's a gorgeous project. Um, and it's part of the LAX complex that has, you know, I'm somewhere around 80 million a year in passengers. So obviously, passengers is a huge focus for you guys. 
Oh, yes, definitely, because we're the number one OND origin and destination airport in the world. So people from all over the country, all over the world, come to see Hollywood, right. Santa Monica, <laughs> right? The beach life of Los Angeles. Yeah. So. Is, and, and, and technology plays an increasingly um, a growing role in our lives, and particularly in the airport. With something that is a project like that, that is so big, I would imagine it's it's kind of a daunting challenge to think about the technology of of that building. Yes, it, it is. And when our current CEO Justin Arbacci, before he was in this position, he was our CIO, CIO Chief mm-hmm. Information Officer. So he made sure that he brought in technology into that program. For example, the self-boarding gates and the interactive display displays all around the concourse. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you say that the kind of the the core of how you guys think about technology really comes back to that passenger experience, right? Correct. So tell me about some of the technology that is in the Westgates at Tom Bradley that is focused on that idea of, of passenger experience. So like I just mentioned, we put in interactive displays for so passengers go in and if they have every uh, about 500 feet or so within the concourse, you'll see a touch screen mm-hmm. that a passenger could touch and ask, look at a map of the area of the ca- uh, campus, take selfies from there, yeah. ask, get in. If they have any questions, get direct, uh, have a direct conversation with somebody who can give them, actually answer their question with in any language, too. Um, we have that installed. We also have these self-boarding gates. So we're looking toward the future, right, so that people can, um, right now, currently, all the gate um, attendants from the airlines take your boarding pass and scan it and let you through to your plane. However, in the future, we're looking at it being automated that a person could, uh, it'd be biometric via mm-hmm. IRS or face recognition that the boarding gates will recognize you, open up the gate for you, and then you can hop then go, you go right on. on your plane. I am familiar with the selfie function of those uh, interactive displays. We may or may not have been using that when we were filming yesterday. <laughs> we'll see if we can put that picture up. Um, but what was impressive to me, and I didn't realize that there was kind of the every 500 foot um, principle, but there were so many of them, and the way that you blended them um, in the core with the information desk, where you have a live person, but you also have these three big displays where people are able to get information for themselves. What was kind of the, the thought process behind how that would help a passenger that was maybe coming to the Westgates at Tom Bradley for the first time? Well, i got to give credit to the design team, too, because we worked with them to integrate the interact, interactive displays with the live person. Mm-hmm. So just in case because it can't be manned 24-7. Sure. That if there's the live person isn't there, that the interactive display can substitute for a live person and be able to work with it, work with a per, um, passenger in the future. The other thing I noticed was a lot of FIDs, which is flight information display system. So you have those kind of, again, it's, it's not overwhelming, but peppered throughout. Wherever you would need to know flight information, there's information readily available. Yeah, talking to passengers with asking for their experience, what they dislike or like in the in the concourse or terminal. One of the highest answer is they want more information about their flights. They want to know where their gate is at so they can be prepared and go to a restaurant or whatever, sit down first, sure. and not have to go to the gate first <laughs> yeah. and <then> come back. <laughs> well, and we were even seeing how people were getting food delivered to them just sitting there at the gate, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, we have the airport DoorDash or (laughs) Uber Eats, and then we have a robot, too, that comes, drops off your food. That's awesome. Um, All right, one thing that's universal now is Wi-Fi. How do you plan for Wi-Fi for 
a building that both is that big, but also can have that many people flowing through it needing that kind of internet access? So let's say years of work in our IT department have been working with that and making sure that they're keeping up with technology So and working with our uh, contracting partners with Turner and PCL, we strategically put the Wi-Fi routers around the building so every don't be a dark spot for any passengers. There's literally nowhere you can go in that building that you won't get good Wi-Fi. Correct. And then on top of that, we partnered up with our the carriers like T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T. Now we have 5G within the building too. So for people with cell service, you've got it wherever you need yeah. it. That is awesome. <laughs> so, David, talk to me a little bit about, because uh, even when you start down this trail of thinking about how to use technology, cutting-edge technology for the passenger experience, you were utilizing cutting-edge technology to allow people like David Kim and, and other um, stakeholders to experience the space before it was even designed. Right, we used um, AR or augmented reality and virtual reality to give uh, David and the stakeholders um, kind of idea of what they could uh, expect when they're uh, walking through the building or even uh, go through various line of sight studies or uh, reviewing uh, elements within the building, such as the chandelier. So I know that you've done uh, several other city projects, um, David. What was it like in terms of the process having that kind of a virtual representation of the design um, versus the traditional of looking at renders or plans? Or Oh, it tremendously helped out all the stakeholders, especially when it came to operations, the ramp control tower, mm -hmm. that the actual operators at of the tower were able to put on the goggles and see in real time how they would look at where the planes would be docked and the taxi lanes and taxiways and where the handoff from the tower, from FAA tower would be. So it was a tremendous help for us. And, and that wasn't just necessarily in a virtual headset situation. You also utilized products like Matterport. So, so we used Matterport uh, mainly during construction uh, so that we could scan uh, the as-built conditions of any tie-ins that we were tying into or any um, the existing conditions that were already built out just to make sure that everything was going in where it needed to go or in the right place and that our models lined up with existing conditions. What were some of the other AR technologies that you used? Um, we used a company called Daiquiri. Mm -hmm. uh, they uh, were a producer of smart goggles or glasses that you could put them on in the field and you could see essentially uh, a virtual environment with um, in the field. So you're immersed within your virtual environment. So you could see if things were lined up or if they were where they're supposed to be and if things were built correctly or not. And so the, the contractor used laser scanning to uh, laser scan the walls, the concrete walls that are about 25 feet tall to make sure they were within their construction tolerances um, when they're building out the basement. So all of this, aside from being able to make some design decisions while design can still be changed, <laughs> um, leads to, I would imagine, a more kind of efficient and, and um, expedited process. Yeah, it sure did. It opened up. It opened up my eyes and the owner's perspective eyes of what we can do and what we can expect um, rather than looking at the renderings and later on saying, did this really happen? doesn't look yeah. like what I see in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did we go wrong? Well, and I know that one of the technologies that was focused on passenger experience, though they may never know about it, 
um, is the bag handling system, which is kind of one of a kind, right? Yes, it is. Los Angeles and San Francisco are two airports in this country that has an individual carrier system, which is also known as ICS. But however, LAX has the largest one. Yep. <laughs> and so that is a fully automated system, but also has an effect on when passengers can drop off their bags. Correct. Now we're working with the self-baggage drop, self drop that's currently being worked on right now. Once that opens, what a passenger can do is drop off their bag 12 hours before the flight, because currently right now, it's only a four-hour window before that's the flight. That's crazy. That's awesome. I, I've, I've been in that situation where you're kind of, you know, you're, you're passing through an, an airport and you're there with a six-hour layover and you've got to wait to recheck your bags because you've only got, you know, two hours before the flight or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because passengers will come in uh, to the terminal and go, hey, I need to drop off my bag because I want to go see Venice. I want to go see Santa Monica because <laughs> it's right around here. Where can we do that? I'm like, you have to wait. You got to take your bag with you, so that's a problem. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, are there are there things that you were doing um, that you were kind of thinking in the back of your mind towards future proofing or technologies for projects that would come in the future? Uh, very early on, uh, during the design process and basis of design, we worked with the owner and their BIM team uh, to set up a Revit system that um, would allow them to eventually take over the model and uh, be able to use that uh, in their day-to-day -day facility management and O&M as well. Yes, so that is really critical because we're looking at the future and so the implementing that digital concept that we're able to in the future have iPads and go just scan the mm -hmm. QR code and then yeah. know exactly what it, the issue is, that was quite important for our, the owner too. Have you seen, David Kim, some technology or, or how are you thinking about future passenger-focused technologies in the uh, Westgates at Tom Bradley? So like you mentioned, started off earlier, passenger experience, make it basically not stress, they don't experience any stress at all, mm -hmm. right? Because ever since 9-11 happened, we have to go through all that security checkpoint yeah. and everything, taking off your shoes and every, all that. Now it's sort of gotten easier and better because we have that clear lane that we can yep. go through or the TSA pre-check that we can go through. We want to continue that within the, the passenger experience so once they get to the gate, they will, it will not be rushed or uh, very anxiety, anxious feeling that they yeah. have. So that, so that people can feel relaxed and they could sit down to their uh, to the seat once they get on the plane. Now that the West Gates at Tom Bradley are complete, is there anything, David, we'll start with you, is there anything that kind of surprised you about it? Um, I'll say that the, it'll be nice to be able to use the, the BHS systems mm -hmm. capabilities. Uh, I know uh, working behind the scenes, each individual carrier has an RFID chip that allows you to essentially track your bag on its way through from check-in to essentially when it gets on the plane. So that, that will add to the stress-free environment that David talked about earlier, is like knowing that my bag is actually going to make it. Going to make it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. David, how about you? What wowed me the most and what I'm enjoying of MSC, or now the West Gates, is the space. Is the mm. uh, high ceilings, the light, ambient light that's coming in is so inviting and warming that when I walk down the concourse and hear passengers they're like they're in awe of how that space is so comforting for them yeah we we got to experience a little bit of that when we were filming yesterday there was a family that was just enjoying the space so much they were sitting at the gate and they just they were just hanging out and they were almost the last people on the plane <laughs> but they weren't they weren't in a hurry. It wasn't a stress, like to what you were saying earlier. It wasn't a stressful thing. They were just enjoying the airport, and they got it on their plane, and, 
and went and completed their travels, but it was just a really pleasurable experience. Oh, I would like to know what they were doing with their kids, because for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so out of all the projects that, that Law was doing, are, what is it that excites you the most? For me, it's the people mover. Because, as you know, if, if you experienced LAX, yeah. the congestion, the amount yeah. of horseshoe. <laughs> so the opportunity to pl- park off-site and take yeah. a train in with not worrying about that traffic, that's yeah. what excites me the most. <laughs> I, I can understand that. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being here, David and sure. David. And we're really no excited to, to see what happens at uh, LAX and as Lawa continues to do projects. Thank you for watching. We'll put some links below in the description to some of the various technologies we were talking about and contact information for the Davids if you have any questions. (laughs) Thanks so much for watching. Thank you. Thank you.